This Saturday is a special milestone for me. It will be 1,000 days since I've had a drink. Now that would be a cause for celebration for anyone and in the past the way for me to celebrate would be to go out and have a few drinks but I won't be doing that because I don't drink anymore. This Saturday is also Grand Final Day. It's the AFL Grand Final, one of the biggest days on the Australian sporting calendar. And uh, again, that in the past, that would have been a day for me to really go out and, and get on it. But I won't be because I don't drink anymore. And I wanted to prepare this episode for you today, a special episode of the show, to share with you why it is that I no longer drink alcohol. Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, and welcome to episode 106 of CRE Success, the podcast. My name is Darren Krakowiak, and I help commercial real estate leaders to develop their people and to grow their business. And over the past five episodes, we've been sharing some snippets from recent podcast interviews that I've been doing on other people's podcasts. And the reason for that is I've been a little bit busy, been onboarding new clients, a few interstate trips. We also moved house last week, which I do not recommend doing ever. I think whenever you move house, you forget how terrible it is as a, as a thing to do in your life to move house. Uh, but we're sort of settled in now. But it, I've been busy, so I thought I would take some content that I thought would be valuable for you and to repurpose it. So I hope you enjoyed that. Today is a, a regular episode, but it is a special episode. It's regular in that I will be recording today's episode for you and not repurposing any content, but it's special because it's not the usual content that I'm sharing in terms of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that it's been 1,000 days since I've had a drink. And I thought I would uh, prepare this episode as a way to mark this milestone. Hopefully in the future, if ever I'm wavering from my commitment to not have a drink, maybe this is something I can go back and watch just to remind myself of why I've taken this step. I think it's an opportunity for me to share something personal with you. And there may be something in what I talk about that perhaps has some resonance with you, not necessarily alcohol related. And if that's the case, then I think this episode is also um, very much worth putting out there. So I guess I wanted to start by saying that too much of anything is really good, right? And most things in moderation won't do you harm. And when it comes to addiction, there are a few ways to define it. One definition that I made a note of is that it can be defined as a repeated behavior that continues to cause harm. And it's a little bit different to dependence. And the way that we talk about alcohol is a substance use disorder or an alcohol use disorder rather than branding people as alcoholics. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that branding and why perhaps I didn't call the episode 1000 Days Sober because I still feel a little bit uncomfortable with that term alcoholic because it wasn't a term that I identified with. Um, But I also want to say to you that this episode today is not about me preaching to you that you shouldn't drink. Because alcohol is not bad for everyone. In fact, it can be enjoyed. And I wish I was a person who was able to enjoy it in moderation. But unfortunately, it's one of those things which just isn't that good for me. And um, I think when I was living overseas for 12 years, it was something which got worse for me because of the 
environment that I was in. And it took me a very long time for me to see that. So uh, Australia and Korea, which was where I was living, both have, I think, big drinking cultures. I think, though, that big drinking as an expat in Korea is something that's even more tolerated than it is in Australia. In Australia, there are responsible service of alcohol laws. If you've had too much to drink, they will cut you off. I don't think I recall ever being cut off in Korea from having a drink. I think I was uh, barred entry from a few places where I'd caused trouble, but I was never like too drunk to have ordered another drink. They will just keep serving you. I think also when you're an expat, you've kind of got a little bit of um, an anonymity in, in the way that you move and operate and, and get around. And the people you're surrounded with are probably a little bit more party orientated and perhaps some of them are escaping something as well. And sometimes the issues that alcohol can create can be swept under the rug. So I don't want to blame Korea for it. I take responsibility for my actions. And certainly people say, hang on, I knew you before you moved to Korea. You were a big drinker in Australia. And I was, but I think it probably got more serious in terms of being a problem for me in the time that I lived in Korea. So I think people who knew me probably would have thought that I was a gregarious person who liked to have fun and liked to have a drink. But I'm thinking that, and maybe this is my own lack of self-awareness, but I think only those who really had long-term contact with me or knew me quite well would have actually branded me as oh, that person has got a serious problem with alcohol because I had a, a great job and, you know, I was continually promoted and given more responsibility. I was in most ways a, an active member of uh, society. And I think that while there were consequences for me with my drinking, only a few people would have seen all of the serious consequences that occurred for me uh, from my drinking. Some people would have seen some of them and thought, oh, that's what happens when you drink too much. But I think probably only a few people would have really known about the the impacts that drinking had in my life. And uh, the people who did were probably big drinkers themselves. So birds of a feather flock together and people who drink tend to hang around with people who also drink. And perhaps those people aren't often in a position to make a comment about your drinking or they have their own issues with drinking. So they're not really looking out as seeing drinking as a problem. Um, even though I knew I had a problem with alcohol, I probably um, didn't identify as an alcoholic, as I mentioned earlier. And I knew I had a poor relationship with alcohol. And, you know, I used to lie about how much I would drink when you go to the doctor and they'd say, how much do you drink? Or if people would ask you how many drinks you had, I'd underestimate because the actual truth was I used to have a lot. And, and just to clarify, I was not an everyday drinker. I was just a binge drinker, someone who would go out and drink a lot. But the identity of being an alcoholic didn't sit comfortably with me. And, and as I said, that's why I haven't called this episode 1,000 Days Sober, even though that's bigger clickbait, because to be sober infers that you're an alcoholic. And the definition of alcoholic, I don't think quite fits with uh, my issues with alcohol, although it was an alcohol use disorder, I believe. And I guess one of the reasons why I don't like the word alcoholic is because people look down on alcoholics. I would be someone who would look down on an alcoholic, even though I was a person who had a problem with alcohol. I think when people find out that you've had a problem with alcohol, they some people are inclined to look down on you. Um, they they probably have some affliction to it. And, and, and as I said, I've been guilty of that in the past as well. So what happened to me was that basically, eventually, my drinking caught up with me. So I mentioned that there were some consequences and certainly things that occurred, but then there's just... 
it's only so often that you can paper over these cracks before uh, they start being exposed. And I guess the fact that my uh, professional life was going well, it was only a matter of time, I think, before the issues in my personal life, a lot of which were alcohol-related, that incongruence started to create some issues. And uh, even though I I always tried to get it under control, so I tried to put limits on my drinking when I would go out. I remember I used to say, okay, tonight I'm only going to have six drinks or four drinks, and then I'm going to go home. But the issue I found out is, is that your ability to make decisions after you've had four or six drinks in quick succession is impacted. And I also used to uh, put calendar notes on my phone at like midnight, 2am on Friday, Saturday nights, and the message would be, Darren, you're drunk, go home. And I thought, well, okay, I'm making steps to try and get me to go home. But of course, uh, the version of yourself who's out drinking at 12 midnight and 2am on a Friday or Saturday night is not really in a position to take advice from the sober version of you that's sending yourself notes and reminders. So uh, it it just didn't work. And I guess it, it, it was a problem that I couldn't control. So I guess if you're if you can't control it, it's sort of starting to control you. And what really had to happen was for me to get honest about what was going on with uh, drinking as being a problem in my life for me to take hold of it and to get control of it. So that getting honest with yourself is is one of the hardest parts. So I just wanted to share sort of how it is that I uh, got there because I didn't go on medication or I didn't, um, you know, go to a a rehab clinic or anything like that. I think uh, in terms of how I did it, it was, well, first of all, incrementally, I think the pleasure associated with uh, drinking was outweighed by the cumulative kind of pain and and suffering that it caused. Now, I was lucky. It never killed me. Um, I suffered some big consequences, but it was never the complete end of me, right? I still managed to to have a life and to have a job and to to do all the things that I um, needed to do and have relationships and so forth. But it was going in that direction where I was perhaps uh, becoming a person who, if, if it had continued, probably I wouldn't be able to be in a relationship or um, to have to have a job um, because it was just getting more and more. Uh, I was always pushing myself to the limits, and then I'd, I'd hit the limit and come back, and then I just keep creeping up to that limit. So incrementally, there was sort of reason for me to change, but then there was this catalyst, which I have spoken about before, which was when Ju uh, and my wife felt pregnant. And at first I was kind of almost pretending to be a good husband by abstaining when she did. So she was pregnant, so obviously she wasn't drinking. And I decided to myself that I'm going to commit to one year without alcohol. But the longer that I went without alcohol, and this was uh, throughout the whole year of 2020, which was the COVID year, was uh, the longer I went, the more reasonable it became to continue because Uh, COVID helped me because I was a social drinker. So I'm an extrovert and uh, probably, even though I'm an extrovert, maybe a little bit anxious in social situations and alcohol was the lubricant that would help me uh, ease that anxiety. And I've realized now that I can cope without alcohol in social situations, which is a, a good thing. But also I think becoming a parent is something that does put things into perspective for you. So I used to hate it when people would say to me when I wasn't a parent, oh, you don't understand because you're not a parent or you'll understand when you're a father. Uh, But the truth is that 
you do start to look at things differently and understand things when you become a parent. And I think that the idea that I would have been the drunk version of myself in front of my daughter in the future was uh, not something that I would want to be. So that was certainly the catalyst then started becoming the actual reason to continue with uh, not drinking. In terms of the benefits in my life, well, um, certainly I have less regrets in my life now than I used to. Um, I don't feel like I'm missing drinking that much. And uh, I haven't, though, lost much weight because even though there's a lot less calorie intake that's associated, uh, that would have been associated with alcohol, uh, one thing that has happened is I've probably, my addiction, well, it wouldn't be addiction because I don't think it's doing me that much harm, but I I definitely eat more ice cream and chocolates and lollies and coffee than I uh, used to. But I think that's okay because, you know, um, nobody's perfect. So that's that's my little story about um, my 1,000 days without alcohol. And I wanted to wrap it up by um, sharing a quote from a book that I, I quite like, which is called The One Thing. And there's one core concept in this book, and it asks you, what is the one thing that you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And somebody gave me this book in 2017, and I read the book and I didn't, you know, I liked it, but I didn't get the core premise of the book because the core premise of the book, if I'd really understood it, would have been, well, the one thing that I could have done to, by doing it, that would make everything else easier or unnecessary in my life would have been to quit drinking. So I guess my message to you is to find out what that one thing for you is in your life. And sometimes it might be something positive for me. It was something that I needed, a negative uh, influence in my life that I needed to get rid of. And now by doing it, everything else is easier. And certainly the regrets and the embarrassment are no longer necessary because I'm not drinking anymore in a way which, well, I'm not drinking at all, but certainly uh, when I was drinking, there would be, um, there'd be spillage that I'll need to, to mop up. So uh, that's today's episode. I know it's a little bit of a different one. I hope that um, you enjoyed that story. Um, let me know if you can send me an email, um, darren at cresuccess.co. I'll put my, my personal email in the show notes. And if, if you've been drinking and you've quit drinking or you've uh, cut back drinking or you've abstained from drinking for a while or if you've got a similar story that you wanted to share or if there was something that you took away from today's episode I would love to hear about it and if there's any way that I can help you in regards to that then as a listener or as a viewer uh, of this show I'm willing to help you with that so get in contact with me that's our show for today as always thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you soon thanks for listening to CRE success the podcast if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform for more information about the show just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.